Hello, hello, Mountaineers. Today we're going to be doing chapter three, chapter four, where Moses meets God in the burning bush. And it's going to be an exciting chapter. How's it going, Mark? Pretty good. That's good. Um, <laughs> anything with your cats today? Are they famous? Are they famous? Yeah. <laughs> They're you won't infamous. share your cat channel, will you? People were asking. Oh, yeah. It's called uh, Cat Apocalypse Now. Really? Yeah. You can find it on YouTube. Oh. I can send you a link later. Yeah. <clears throat> great. So this thing here, you see these things, the silica things that you get in packages? You've seen them before. Yeah, yeah like in, uh, yeah, like Why preservatives or something. Because I don't know. These are the most dumbest thing I've ever seen in the world. So apparently they got these little silica chips inside of these things, but they're wrapped really? in plastic. So it's supposed to keep packages fresh. That's the idea. Yeah. But you can't keep it fresh if it's in plastic. I don't know how they work, but I keep getting them every time I order something. I was always curious if anybody knows why they put these things in packages. Did did you uh, open it up? What happens if you open it up? That well, little package there. Because it's probably like crystal salts everywhere, right? It's hazardous. How does it keep anything fresh when it's no osmosis because they're not exposed? They can't take moisture away because they're in plastic i don't quite understand these things so that was my burning question i probably would ask god on the mountain if that was me up there well uh, yeah maybe there there's some other nefarious purpose <laughs> for it could be there usually is there usually is <laughs> there's always something nefarious going on so we're going to begin chapter three do you want me to read it today, or are you still good with? Uh, do you want to read? You could read if you want. <laughs> well, I don't want to. <laughs> no. No, I uh, will. We, well, we could alternate. We could. Uh, All right, I'll read, read it today. You read the first one, and I'll read the second one. Okay. Whatever. All right. Part, um, Moses at the burning bush. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came. To the mountain of God of Horeb, the angel of the uh, Lord. Now, is that uh, Mount Sinai? It should be, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it. It's kind of called by two different names. The region and is kind of Horeb, I believe. And Mount Sinai is the name of the mountain. But it is basically, uh, I think it's basically uh, Mount Sinai. <clears throat> and so that means he's pretty far away, actually, from uh, Midian. Yeah. And and here's the thing too. Or go ahead, but we got the, there's a lot of stuff to talk about in these two chapters actually. Yeah. So we're, it's going to go. We're going to move a little slow. No, well, that's fine. But uh, you know, it's weird though. I do remember. I thought it was Mount Sinai, but why does it say Horeb here in the King James version? I don't get it. Did they like? Well, no, no. It's, it goes by two different names. There's a lot of things. Even uh, even Jethro, this, this uh, father-in-law, goes by a couple different names. Uh, he's called Ruel somewhere else. So, and I think a lot, you know, people do kind of have different names sometimes. Um, people have nicknames or they go by different names, uh, but also place names as well. So, I think Horeb is kind of the general uh, area, and then Mount Sinai is the name of the actual mountain. Okay. So it's it's they're talking about the same, and they do that a lot in the Bible. There's it's kind of like if you said uh, I don't know New England as opposed to Maine or Vermont. Something the like only that. Thing it's kind of, you know. I always felt like I read it different, but please tricks on me. I don't know if they actually changed the words or, 
you know, like I, it, what do they call it, that Mandela effect thing? Because I always no, 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 no. That's just our memory. That's, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in. I don't Mandela. believe in that either. I just, <laughs> but it, it just like okay, oh. they change it. All right, so it's probably correct. It's just maybe I read it somewhere else then yeah i mean other places they call it mount sinai but they also call it horeb and it's kind of down it's probably down at the bottom of that little triangle thing uh, in, uh I guess they, exactly it's saudi arabia these out. days yeah if you had a map we could look at it but uh, i actually um i was looking at something the other day that kind of claimed that i mean you're going to see different opinions about where it is and maybe it's in uh minneapolis <laughs> mm-hmm. There is a hospital in uh, Minneapolis, Mount Sinai Hospital. Somewhere around there, I guess it is maybe the same place as before. Um, but that's, pay- you know, maybe that's where, that's probably where it was. And it doesn't look like anything special, to be honest. It, you know, it maybe it's like one of the larger mountains mountain. around there. Yeah, I mean, but look at the, it's just desert wasteland, difficult to survive. Um, so he took the sheep kind of close to there. He was right here, somewhere here. Well, that's the actual kind of top of the mountain, but he was, you know, yeah. they're walking around on the bottom most of the time. Well, this is like the trail. Um, you see the trail? Yeah, we don't know when that was uh, created. No, I know, but I mean, to get up. Yeah, know. you can, you can, you can hike up there. People actually hike up there now. But it's pretty cliffy. Yeah, people, you know, it doesn't stop people. They, look, there's little buildings on top. There's picture, There's uh, photos of people on top. Yeah, there's like established. There's a so this must there's be a mosque. There's a mosque oh. up there, Mount Moses Mosque. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. So it must yeah. be a visitor site then. Even if they have a mosque up there, they would have to hike out there somehow. There, there's probably an easier way to walk up it in the back or something you know <laughs> over there yeah there's you know there's a difficult way and an easy way to get up a mountain usually yeah yeah okay all right well, so back. anyway so there it is yeah so um so let's go go back up to uh verse one again so jethro is a priest of midian now i'm not sure if it makes it clear but what kind of priest was he you know what i mean who's god who who's who, you know priest of what um, well, he wasn't priest of the Lord because remember when he went up there the very first time by the, the well to meet the daughters and give them yeah. help and all that stuff. He, at that time, oh wait, maybe I'm wrong, but because he, he was differentiating Moses from Hebrew saying he looks like an Egyptian. They didn't know he was a Hebrew. So maybe he was a Hebrew worshiping the hebrew god i think i think he was actually yeah in his own you know maybe in a in a kind of a an ancient way and you know he comes up he's he's going to be around quite a bit in this in exodus and there's a lot of different theories about him but um he could be uh later on they say he's a kenite in in hebrew it's canite which is the same spelling as cain like cain and abel mm-hmm. and i think there's theories that these people here trace their origins back to Cain somehow. And um, so they may have, you know, remembered Yahweh yeah. the whole time. So he may he may be, you know, he's not, he doesn't know as much as uh, what will be revealed later on. But he's basically, um, it seems like his God might be Yahweh, actually. I think so, because I don't think yeah. they mentioned him to worship any other gods. I think he was just trying to make, uh, when they first saw Moses... 
I think they thought he was an Egyptian. So he, well, he probably dressed. He was dressed like one. Right. He probably looked like he had the uh, Egyptian, you know, fashion hair haircut. But he took <laughs> men and had his daughters marry him anyway. Maybe yeah. I think he probably was worshiping well, God. They, well, yeah, they probably realized he was a uh, a Hebrew eventually. Yeah. Um, once they got to know him a bit, you know. But uh, yeah. So anyway, this Jethro, and we'll talk about him again because there's a. Uh, there's a lot of theory. There's a lot of, uh, and I'll mention it, just I don't believe, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theories, you could say, about mm -hmm. Moses and about Jethro and, you know, people who don't, people, there's a lot of people who believe this is a fictional story, basically, this whole oh, book really? of Exodus. Well, oh, you know, people out there, no. people who call themselves truthers, especially um, the New Agers and, you know, nobody wants to believe the Bible, right? Well, then, I think uh, we're past that you know. now with Genesis. I mean, the whole <laughs> once we covered it with hundred hours of Genesis, I think we're pretty <laughs> much set that this is all historical, right? There's no, for no, us, yeah, we believe yeah. it's historical, you know. But there's a lot of people who don't believe it's historical, yeah. and they and they're going to say things. And I'm just saying that because people are going to come across YouTube videos or whatever video, and it's going to say. Moses was an Egyptian and blah, blah, blah. And he invented, you know, Yahweh is an Egyptian god. Or, and one of the, I just came across a book the other day. I haven't read the book, but I saw the description of it. And it said that uh, Jethro killed Moses and took oh. his identity what? and started a religion basically. <laughs> oh gosh, that's craziness. So I'm just saying, yeah, so people are going to come across, they're going to hear all kininds of stuff, right? And if you're not really well, grounded, are deceivers. Word, yeah. you don't have good faith, you know what I mean? You're going to, you know, you, people are going to get deceived by the so-called truthers who, most of whom, whom are uh, liars. <laughs> oh yeah, they are liars. Because if, yeah. if it doesn't honor yeah. what God says, even within the first two books, then it's kind of hopeless for them. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, people are, these days, everyone's looking for a new idea, right? Or yeah. a new, uh, uh, you know, because whatever, uh, you know, people, yeah, the world is full of deception all over the place. And so then they assume the Bible's also fake, right? I mean, just a lot of people just think like that. Everything's fake, including the Bible. So, you know, so you're yeah. going to come across people like that, right? So he, just so people are prepared. To, well, there are false know. Christians for sure, and I'm sure they found other well, ways. Well, false Christians, but then just people in the world as well, you know. Well, those I expect, because if they don't believe in it anyway, then they can make up. You know, in a way, a lot of people make money off of the Bible mm -hmm. in so many variety of ways. And it's really just a money-making scheme, right? Really, the truth, I think it hurts. It's kind of like shining the light on them. It hurts them. That's yeah, part of yeah, like yeah, yeah. God is yeah. like, you believe this or you don't. He says his flesh came, like, what is that verse? Flesh is his word or something like that. I'm butchering it completely. The um, word became flesh? Yeah, that one. He's telling us exactly, not only historical stuff, but what he actually did with all these biblical yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a way to like study the Bible as a believer, but then there's also people who are not believers who yeah. also kind of study the Bible and they come to different conclusions. They basically think think it's fiction. It's a it's a work of literary fiction or something, you know, or religious propaganda. You're all kinds of stuff, right? So I mean, I've you encounter yeah. all kinds of different views anyway. So, but yeah, we're just gonna, just you know, fine. I believe the guy yeah. actually 
met the angel of the Lord and then saw the burning bush. So we'll just ah, So it's already here. Yeah. So verse yeah. two. So that's the background. We got the setting. Jethro, <laughs> Midian, Mount Sinai. And now Sinai. we know what the mountain looks like. It's pretty <laughs> desolate. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. And he looked and the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So Moses says, I will now turn aside and see the great sight and why the bush is not burnt. You think he's just showing them his glory with without burning up the bush in flames? Yeah, yeah, that's like the glory of God or the uh, angel, angel of the Lord, right? Who uh, we've encountered many times already so far. God revealing himself to us in a way that we can kind of see him and it's not his full glory because that would uh, burn us up. We'd be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a limited uh, presentation of God, and it's not a different angel. It's not like Michael or Gabriel or one of these guys. It's not even Jesus, really. It's it's you know it's it's God, Yahweh, it's Yahweh. It, it revealing himself in a limited fashion. You know, just enough. You know, what's interesting is though he. Came in many forms. So, like to earlier uh, Abraham and all them, he was angel of the Lord was in the flesh, like a body that ate and sat with them, and you know had a meal. And this one, it says, is appeared to him in the flame of fire. So it's like another level that's not quite human flesh. Yeah, and it's not a natural fire. The bush isn't just burning up like a normal fire. It's just right. a, it's a supernatural uh, flame. Also appeared in dreams too, so it's like multi different levels of how God appears to them. So when I when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him and from the midst of the bush and said, "Moses, Moses," and he said, "Here I am." He said, "Do not approach here. Remove your sandals off your feet for the place." on which you are standing is holy ground. So this is, I always thought this was interesting. You know, that whole, like, people, like, in their normal homes, I'm I'm one of them. It's like, take your shoes off before you enter the rest of the space. And a lot of people, they don't know that concept, like, you should actually take your shoes off. Not for, yeah, you know, walking around the street. But I always thought this was interesting that, uh, Moses couldn't even wear his sandals in the, on top of a mountain outside, you know. Yeah, it's like a temple. It, a temple is anywhere the uh, presence of God meets with human beings. So even though it's not a building or anything, that's holy ground. It's a sacred space. And yeah, I mean, it, that's an Asian thing where people take their shoes off before going into the house. And there's even a lot of stores and places where you have to do that. Uh, where I live, I only temples. Do it, not for temple reasons, but just because the streets are filthy and they. Yeah, yeah, it's cleanliness, yeah. right? It's it's. Right. I mean, you have to be clean, like like the uh, Levitical uh, sacrifices were cleansing. The blood is a cleansing agent that cleanses the temple. Uh, Why don't they do that in churches? Then, if it's the holy ground, supposedly. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate. The blood of Jesus was yeah. the final, ultimate cleansing uh, atonement. Um, it was the the atoning sacrifice of Jesus uh, put an end, fulfilled all of the uh, previous uh, sacrifices. Don't need to do animal sacrifices anymore because the sacrifice of Jesus is the uh, covered covered it all for all time. Anything goes on on the holy ground then, even shoes. 
today? In <laughs> terms of walking, well, yeah, like where I live here, you have to take your shoes off before going into a temple, a yeah. Buddhist temple. And, um, but you do not have to do that going into a church. Why? Although maybe there may be some churches who do that here just for cultural reasons, but uh, I don't know. I'll ask. Uh, I mean, it's a I'm symbolic ask, holy ground, right? I mean, hello, we are the holy temple. Maybe because the, the feet stink too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's just curious because if you're calling a church a holy place with holy. I'll ask them here. That would be a good question because, yeah, because here the, you take off your shoes when you go into a temple and there's a lot of. Uh, Thai people that go to the church as well, who used to go to the temple, right? And they yeah. used to do that. I'll ask, I'll have to, I'll get some insights. I think they would have a better answer for us. That's cool. All um, right. I'll ask them about the that. answer then. <laughs> so moreover, he said, I am God of your father and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses mm -hmm. hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Most people are afraid. Like, like the first uh, feeling you get when you encounter God, it's like that is kind of fear, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, like either it's like, I'm going, I've gone totally insane. You know, <laughs> that's one thing you think, cause it's like, you're, you're, you're looking at this bush that's burning and it's not being consumed. Yeah. I'm hallucinating. You know, I've gone totally insane cause this doesn't happen. And then you realize it's God and you're like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I'm afraid. So it's, uh, guess yeah. what? It also confirms what you said all along, that the angel of the Lord is God himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's saying it right. He says it right there, you know. Yeah. I so, am God. If you're, yeah, if, you're, if you're not sure about that, he says it right there. Right. Um, I mean, the Bible, you know, the Bible would tell us. Yeah. I think I'm going to probably write that down. So that's. Verse, uh, wow. verse six. Verse six. He says, I am the God of your father. See, Moses didn't know who he was. Now, it seems like Moses. Now, you know, maybe the Israelites, the slaves in Egypt, they may have kind of known about God a little bit. They they may have forgotten, you know, it's it's it, I'm not sure exactly how much they remembered God of their fathers or not. I think they kind of did because Moses goes back and tells them, you know, I I'm a messenger for for the God of uh, your fathers, but Moses himself doesn't seem to know who I don't who think this he is. knows. I don't think yeah. he knew his destiny. I don't think he knew about God that was leading him. And this is his first encounter after he's lived outside of Egypt or outside of the palace. Yeah. So I think God does have to tell them that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, yeah. And so, see, people want to say, oh, Yahweh was uh, was an Egyptian God or a Midianite God. But it's like, no, Yahweh's been around since Genesis 1. It's the same God that we just, that we, that was in Genesis and with all those people back then. And it's the same God. That's the whole point. That's what the, that, that that's the claim of the Bible. So anyone who comes up with their own little conspiracy theory about this, <laughs> is going against the Bible. And yeah. Some people, that takes a lot of courage to do that, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if they don't know it by now, then, yeah. And especially, I like the, the whole description so far from Genesis to here. It's kind of leading us here, that it is the same God that was with Adam and Eve. Yeah, and yeah, followed. yeah. Like, we just finished the whole, how the Israelites even got started. It's like a reminder over and over and over that this is, the God of and 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 it, 
this God did go by different names. That's the thing. People will say, oh, it's it's a different God. It's not, you know, it's 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 uh, it's L or it's whatever. It's God is called by different names. Just like in English, we call God by different names. The Father, God, the Most High, Heavenly Father. You know, there's different ways we refer to God, even in English. You know, you know what else is interesting that I just kind of realized now? Because I was just used to reading it that way. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. I think the reason why he repeats that in that order is because Abraham was the first one that he made that promise of numerous descendants as the stars and sand and all that. And then he carried that, his promise, all the way to his son and then to his son. So this is like the grandson, right? Jacob is a grandson of Abraham. That story pretty much covered half the genesis of Abraham's yeah. Isaac descended and Jacob descended. Or more than that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like eighty uh, percent of Genesis was those right. three guys. And, so and that's then, why uh, he has to has to say so this. Because why didn't he just say God of Abraham? Why does he have to repeat it? With the, I don't know. Yeah. The Lord said, "I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry and the account of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. For I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of Egyptians and to bring them out of the land." to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey and a place of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. Now, therefore, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Moreover, I've also seen the oppression which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may Bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he's got a plan for them now. What do you think about all this uh, land that he's going to give them that are full of all these ites? Yeah, yeah, those are the, uh, you know, those are the uh, wicked. I mean, there, there's they they say nothing good about these people. Uh, although there's a few individuals that do kind of uh, that are kind of righteous within the, these clans, but not too many. You know, they're uh, aren't these all these places are like outside of Egypt and back into. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, yeah, that's the that's the the Canaan that's Canaan, the land of Canaan, and these are different tribes living there, and you know they seem to be descendants of the Nephilim, at least a lot of them. You know, the Rephaim, they're called. Um, I can, you know, later on in the uh, like the book of Numbers and all that, they 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 actually start fighting these people. And we can talk more about that then, I guess. So here's um, my but question. It's the, same, it's the same old promise, though. It's the same promise. So this says the land flowing with milk and honey. I don't think I've seen so far that any of those lands are flowing with milk and honey. No, they were. They were. Yeah, you yeah. see you guys, um, you see people going into the land saying that it's a it's a good land. It is a good land. It right. was back then. They also refer to uh, United States as a land of milk and honey. What do you think about that? I don't know who's, I've never really heard that. But, That's uh, come up a lot. <laughs> I mean, United States has a great piece of land, you know, the natural environment. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. I mean, very fertile. You got agriculture. It's uh, very inhabitable. And it's still mostly, uh, still open areas. I don't know if there was a parallel or not between that land of milk and honey because a lot of the world people actually came here from around the world. Verse 11, Moses says to God, Who am I? I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
let's let's pause there because later on you know how moses is going to say like i'm not good at speaking that kind of stuff yeah um but see and what i think that is and maybe we can talk about that when we get to that verse which is coming up soon i believe uh but it's a kind of um humility or uh, is that the right word kind of an exaggerated humility you know like who am i like he's not saying he's not good at speaking right here in verse 11 he's just saying hey i'm just some guy like and we do see that a lot in the bible where these uh, even abraham or even king david or some of these guys they're like they have this exaggerated sense of humility and that may have been kind of a cultural thing a lot of people would say oh moses had some kind of uh, speech disorder or something i don't think so i think he was just trying to be humble and I, doesn't it say somewhere that he actually was the humblest guy? Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, that was his characteristic that he was very yeah. humble before. Yeah, yeah, and that was, and we still do this today. You know, we we have this kind of it's kind of a social custom of you know people people say, oh man, you're so great. You know, it's like no, no, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's this exaggerated uh, humility thing that we still yeah. Do. And he said, certainly I will be with you, and this will be signed to you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people out of Egypt, and all you shall serve the God on this mountain. Mm. Yeah, so that's it's Sinai. It's kind of confirmed right there. This yeah. mountain is Sinai where they end up uh, going. So he must have a connection with Egypt, too, because that's where it is. Like It's not really in Egypt, though. If you, I mean, may, oh, I guess, may, you know... This is kind of the the barren waste. I don't know which. This is um, Horeb. I don't think this was Egypt. This this mountain, it's not in Egypt because they left Egypt and then they went there. It's not. It's not Egypt. Yeah, yeah. It's Egypt is to the west. This is on the uh, that thing, the Sinai Peninsula. We well, got to go to Google Maps anyway, or something. But uh, doesn't look no, like it's not gonna, But it says there's, uh, there's Egypt on the left. See, Egypt's on the left. Now this now this map is not I do I do not see this is a uh, look at this look at where they put Mount Sinai up there I don't agree with this one here see there's debate about where Mount Sinai was what there's is traditional peninsula though where the... that's the Sinai Peninsula Egypt's on the oh, left I see clearly yeah, the mountain but... was in that Sinai Peninsula the whole time see on the bottom it says traditional Mount Sinai oh I see. Yeah. So that's and then this guy, whoever put this photos up there, is saying, "Well, no, we got a new theory. This is where Mount Sinai." <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where it was, but it, I, I, I was reading something the other day, and they said it was down there in the bottom. I guess that's the traditional view, you know. I'm down here. Whatever. Yeah, for those conservative people out there, you probably stick with that one down there, and then. If you're into the new ideas, then I guess it's up there. You know, I'd have to look at the evidence a bit more. You know, it's one of those things you'd have to kind of study out a bit. I'll go with the traditional one. Well, you know, look into it a bit more. But I was looking into it the other day, and it and it made sense to me what I was reading that it was down there. Which one did um, you? There, the, the, yeah, here? the the one down there. You know, but I I haven't heard the. I think a long time ago I read about the arguments for this other northern view. Yeah. Um, but oh, they were there for 40 right. years, you know, 40 years. They crossed I mean, the Red it, Sea, didn't they? No, 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 no. That was a Red Sea crossing. Is, uh, I'd probably agree with it. Well, we can talk about the crossing on, of the Red Sea cross- later on. No, yeah. they, they didn't. No, no, no. It's up there on the left, upper left. That's where they crossed the Red Sea. 
Over Probably here. the Sea of Reeds. No, on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Sea of Reeds. We'll talk about that when that comes up in the story. Well, but, the only uh, reason I'm thinking if they crossed it, like why it wasn't that long. It wasn't that huge place. Over there. Yeah, they went they they went a long ways actually. And and so Hor the Midian in in Horeb was kind of over there on the on the right side probably of uh Sinai Peninsula. They still call it the Sinai Peninsula, right? Does this look like Mount Horeb is over here? No, 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 no. That's oh. nothing. No, no. Mount Mount Horeb is Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is in Horeb, we we should say. Like if there's okay. like uh Mount Everest is in some region, you know, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Like there's mountains in Colorado, right? Anyway. <laughs> We're learning some historical I think place. you're down like a verse. Moses said to God, I'm going to the children of Israel and will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And when they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? <laughs> God said to, to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you will say this to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Okay, okay, let's stop there. Now, do you know, um, okay, so that's, and that's Yahweh, by the way, right? That's, yeah. um, but it's really, it's, it's, I know it's not Yahweh. That's not really how it is probably not pronounced that way, but people don't know exactly. Even, even this, I know a, a, a Hebrew teacher, a Jewish guy, and I asked him, I said, well, how do you pronounce the name of God? And he, it kind of freaked him out. You know, he's not even religious, but he's like, you know, we just don't know, you know, he, but he he said it's definitely not Yahweh because they don't have the W sound in Hebrew, right? Um, but I'm not, you know, I don't think it's that big. Like no, nobody pronounces my name correctly where I live. If you go to see, a lot of people have never left their home country. If you go to a foreign country that speaks a different language, they will not be able to speak your name correctly, no matter what your name is. If you're an American, <laughs> you know, they they cannot say the same sounds that we do right. in English. Nobody in Asia has ever said my name the way you say it in America. Really? They can't make the they can't make the R sound. Oh. <laughs> they don't have the R sound in a lot of countries. In Japan, it's Maku. So if, now, am I going to get upset with them? You're not saying my name right. You're saying Maku. That's not my name. No, that's their, that's how you say my name in their language. So people who uh, get all uptight about the name of God and stuff, it's it's a very uh, kind of a shallow thing, I think. You know, uh, in some translation, I thought he actually says his name is Yahweh. Spelled. Well, that's what it says in Hebrew. Yeah. Oh. Although it's 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 eh, yeah. Later on, later on, he says, see that we say it later on, it's, it's Yahweh is the, uh, here it's like, eh, yeah, because he's saying it in first person. Okay, I have a, I have a New Testament verse to, but go ahead, go ahead, make your. Well, why does he say, yeah. I am who I am? That's not necessarily saying his name. He's just saying, I am. Well, that, well, well, it's an answer. He said, um, Look at the previous verse, though. What is his name? If they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? His, well, here it says, I am. That's his name. I am. I am, yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence how we say it today. I am such and such. If you say, I am Mark. He's not, see, a cre created things have names like that. You know, like how Adam named all the animals. Yeah. And God is eternal. No beginning, no like we you know, like, we don't know no beginning, no ending. But isn't so that I, he, like repeating is. God's name before our own name? When you say I am No, or, no, that's just English. That's just English like we're talking about ourselves. If I say yeah, the word I, I'm talking about me. 
Yeah, but I, I don't think that's a coincidence that he's saying, <laughs> my name is I am, right? And then suddenly that became part of our language to introduce our, you know, whoever. Kind of like putting God's name before ours. No, no. Because if I am who I am, I am, I am, then you're saying you're God. But if I say I am Mark, then now I'm saying I am Mark. I know what you mean, but I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think it's just language. Uh, but but well, Jesus does Jesus does that actually. Let's go to John eight fifty eight, real quick. You know about this? Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Jew fifty seven says. So the Jews said to him, "You are not fifty years old. How have you seen? And have you seen Abraham?" So he responds. Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am." Now, this "I am" in Greek, it's uh, "ego imi," and that's the same exact Greek used in the in Exodus at that that verse we just read in Exodus. It says "ego imi." When when Yahweh says, "You know, what's your name?" He says Yahweh says "ego imi." And here Jesus says ego and me, it's the same thing in Greek. In the in the New Testament usually uses the Greek version of the Old Testament when they quote it. Uh, but word this for verse word like also that. says pretty much that he is the same God. That's what he's saying. That's his point. That's the point. Jesus is saying, I am Yahweh. Yeah. I am I am God. That's what he's saying right here. And there's a lot of there's a lot of different uh verses in the in the new testament that point to the divinity of jesus he does things only god can do you know he forgives sins he walks on water controls nature miracles all that stuff he brings the guy back from the dead he does things only god can do but right here he's claiming that he's yahweh right here well this is concrete proof that yahweh and jesus are one of the same Isn't and look it? at look at their response look at verse 59 and then they, they took up stones to throw at him. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's, that's, uh, I think that's the nature of the entire humanity. It's like, okay, well, this is our creator, but let's just kill him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's God. We better throw rocks at yeah. him. <laughs> I like this verse a lot, actually, because a lot of people think there's like you know the trinity are separate gods yahweh is separate than jesus yeah yeah and, and they're using their own human uh you know i just saw a video the other day you know jesus is not god you know some guy on youtube it's like but all his reasonings were just uh from him, his own opinions he, he wasn't even using the bible to let the bible interpret itself you know it was just his own natural sinful uh rationales I mean, yeah it was what i used to do as well but it's like if we're just trying to use our own brain to figure this stuff out, that's not there's not enough wisdom there in our own brain. This is uh, you know, the Bible. We're, we need the Holy Spirit to interpret the Bible, and the Bible interprets itself. So right, but right here in verse 58 in John uh chapter nine, that's that's a key text that uh these sure. guys probably don't even know about. Anyone who's saying Jesus is not God might not even know about this connection. And, and the same thing is it's the same exact same phrase in the Greek. And that's but what he's saying, see, grammatically it doesn't make sense. And only you know, only if he is Yahweh, then it makes sense grammatically, right? Yeah. Before before Abraham was born, I am. It was like Jesus isn't he's uh, what, like thirty years old or something, you know? Like what are you talking about? I did a podcast with uh Pastor Dennis Beard, and he's the one that's been consistently been saying that uh Christ 
is the same God all the way through from the very beginning. Like, mm. yeah, he is Christ. And a lot of people, uh. you know, they had different interpretations and stuff. And even I agree with him, but I never really had this verse to concretely say, yeah. like, who's it? You know, he's saying exactly what other I thought and what Pastor Beard has been saying in all of his podcasts. Um, so I'm glad that actually that you brought this out because now this is concrete evidence that it's one and the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jesus is, um, you know, born born of a, of a Mary, right? Um, God came as a human being. Yeah. Um, but he's not saying he he's different than Yahweh. He's saying he is Yahweh. Yeah, and that's and why they God, have the Trinity concept. That's talking to Moses. It's the same God, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that same yeah. God is yep. the Lord that was talking. Oh, yeah. About the Lord. Yeah. So why do they say the Lord in, in English translations where, where it says capital L-O-R-D? Yeah. Like in verse 15 right there. That's um, that's 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 in Hebrew. It would say Yahweh in Hebrew. But in uh, Greek, it says Kyrios, which is uh, in Greek. That means Lord. So the English translations are using the, the Greek when they translate that into Lord. Because in the Greek it says Kyrios, it doesn't say Yahweh. Hebrew it says Yahweh, Greek it says Kyrios. Kyrios means Lord. But when they talk about Jesus in the New Testament, they also use the word Kyrios, which means Lord. So this Lord is the same Lord as in the New Testament. Yeah. Also. You know what I mean? If that made any sense. I have a yeah. hard copy Bible that I was reading initially before all this online stuff. And that was, you know... It actually mentions the name Yahweh in there for God when I read it the first time. Well, that's what it is in Hebrew. It yeah. says Yahweh in Hebrew, the original, written 3,000 years before the King James came out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even in the English. <laughs> I mean, the, the Hebrew, yeah, the Hebrew says Yahweh, but the Greek yeah. says Kyrios, and the English says Lord in capital letters. But the New Testament, they refer to Jesus as Kyrios, Kyrios also. So I think when they read it in Greek, they made that connection that the Lord, that Yahweh is also Jesus. You know what I mean? So is there any doubt so, at all now from the chapter one of Genesis all the way till Revelation? It's only one God and it's Jesus the whole time? Yeah, the Bible makes that point that it's the same God the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. That's what the Bible claims. Now, not everyone believes that, obviously. But not only the yeah. same God, but it is Jesus himself from... Well, it's a Trinity. That's why they have the Trinity because there's different um, forms: Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? It's and um, the angels. I think there's actually four forms now. If you well, well, I would say I would say the, the angel Lord. of the Lord is not a distinct. It's kind of a uh, temporary manifestation to appear to human beings. Yeah, sometimes it's still the fourth form because yeah, I'll have to think that about way. that. Well, but then now, now you don't, you can't mess up with the Trinity. That's going to upset a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, how do you, how would you even say that? A, 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 uh, there's no word for that. You know what I mean? You can't mess that up. That's that's set in stone. You know. <laughs> oh, no. Well, then you and I are going to say it's four, not three, uh, unless there's more that come across later. But right now, there's four. Well, I would say I would say the angel of the Lord is Yahweh. That's that's not a distinct, separate thing. It's a uh, it's a method of communication to people. 
You know what I mean? It's it's still just Yahweh. Well, it's, it's, the Yahweh father. it's the Father. That, it's the fa- it's not a distinct part of the Trinity. It's the Yahweh. It is it's the, the angel of the yeah. Lord is the Father. So there's no. It's I wouldn't say that's a separate class. So it's still the Trinity because you have three distinct, uh, like the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. So that's the Trinity. Father, but, yeah, I mean, I don't fully understand the Trinity to be honest. Like it's yeah. hard to wrap my head around that. Um, I will be studying that soon, so I may get some more insight. Okay, but, so I think get the New Testament. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where were we? 15? I don't know. Yeah. God moreover said to Moses, Thus you will say to the children of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this this is my memorial to all generations. That includes us, does it not? I guess so. Probably, yeah. Um, Why wouldn't it? <laughs> go well, also all generations, but that means everybody in the whole world too, or just generations of the Hebrews. Well, this is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered. Oh, you know what? F- verse fifteen. My, uh, it's not my translation. ESV. You might want to look at the KJV on this one. The end of verse 15, ESV says, thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Maybe it kind of means the same thing. There's way too many translations. Look at that. Yeah. So this is my name forever and ever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. It basically says the same thing. Okay. Verse 15. Yeah, I think think it kind of means the same thing, whether it's, um, let's see, let me see. What does it um, say in ESV? ESV says, uh, thus I shall, uh, let's see here, thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. It's probably just a slight uh, grammatical thing. Uh, either way, I guess he's going to be remembered by that name throughout all generations, I guess is what he's saying. I am to be remembered um, throughout all generations. It's the, same, it's the same thing. But the question is, is all generations mean... The descendants of Jacob or the whole earth? Well, yeah, it says, this is to be my name. So Yahweh, say this to the people of, let's go, uh, verse 15. Let's go to the top of that again, the, the whole verse. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel. So he's talking to the children of Israel, right? He's going to yeah. say to the to the Israelites, Yahweh, in, in Hebrew it says Yahweh. In Greek it says Kyrios. In English it says the Lord, which is a translation of the Greek curious but the hebrew so when the when moses wrote this moses probably wrote this so he wrote it in hebrew and he said yahweh the god yava or however you would pronounce that the, the god of your fathers the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob has sent me to you and all these names by the way are pronounced differently in hebrew so but i'm speaking the english name you know i'm pronouncing english but um this is my name forever so Yahweh is my name forever, is what he's saying. Yeah. And thus, and by this name, thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Now, it could be just the Israelite generations, you know. Sometimes when they say I mean, all yeah. in the Bible, it doesn't, sometimes all is a bit of a hyperbole. An exagger- you know, it's. Uh, so I think right now it's probably safe to assume that he's probably only talking about Israelites remembering his name for all generations. That would include to the end of time. The, the main point is that I am Yahweh. I am the God of your, you know, the the fathers of the Israelite, the 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 patriarchs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, 
I mean, people don't really call him Yahweh so much anymore, do they? No, that's the problem, right? And, and even the English Bible say Lord. They got rid of even, it. Even the Greek, even the Greek uh, said Kyrios instead of Yahweh. Although the word Jesus is Isus in Greek, because um, the letter J is an English uh, invention, kind of. Um, even the King James Bible didn't have the letter J, you know, originally in 1611. I know when I did the search in Bible Gateway, the Yahweh does not come up at all. Um, no, it's in Hebrew all over the place. It's mentioned thousands of times in the Old no, Testament. I, no, I understand the that. Lord, part, they, no, saying. they took it out. They don't They don't put it in the English translation. Yeah. English translations are like thousands of years after it was written in Hebrew. No, I understand. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that original English translations... Uh, those because I read it hard copy in the English different English versions, and the Yahweh was in there, so I always remembered it. Some translations have they they transliterate it. Some translations yeah. do that, yeah. But even the Greek did not. The Greek Old Testament was written probably like three, third century BC, you know. So it's uh, before the New Testament. They had the Greek. Most of the New Testament writers read the Old Testament in Greek because the Greek was their uh, native language. So 16, yeah. go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob appeared to me saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. Therefore, I said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. To the land of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, to the land of flowing with milk and honey. They say, listen to your voice and you shall come. You and the elders of Israel go to the king of e Egypt and you must say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews has met with us. Therefore, now let us go. We ask you three days journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to Lord our God. So originally it was only supposed to be a three-day journey to get to this promised land. Yeah, yeah, it's a three days. It's a three-day journey, and that's all it really takes them to get there the first time, I believe. But they spent more than forty years. Yeah, that came after because because they're disobedient. They're yeah, kind of being punished. They're being trained. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to train them into an army, actually. I kind of think that's what uh, maybe that's what he's trying to do for all of us. Um, you know, why why does God need people to be fruitful and multiply? Why does he need all these humans? He doesn't really need them necessarily, but why does he want them? Well, army for his kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Right? An army for his kingdom, which we kind of see in the book of Numbers. He really turns these yeah. people into an army once, you know, later on. But not um, an army like combative army, more like he's trying to create a kingdom full of people, full of life, full of everything. He's a very creative God. I always thought in my own interpretation that when I see stuff in the sky, eventually in the new heaven and the new earth, there's going to be life filled everywhere, not just planet Earth. One, planet. <laughs> well, right. whatever you want to call it, you know, the rock that we live on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, he's know. very creative. I just feel like he's just going to let that unleash when the new heavens and new earth come to being. Things will be a bit different. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. However, I know that the kingdom Egypt will not let you go, not even under a forceful hand. Uh, so I will stretch out my hand to strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will perform in the midst. After that, he will let you go. Uh oh, we got to stop there a minute. So where it says all my wonders. Yeah. 
right? That's talking about that phrase is kind of, uh, they talk about that's used a lot in the Bible. And sometimes it's signs and wonders. Yeah. And that's how they refer to this later on in the Old Testament. They say God did all his signs and wonders. And then if you go to uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9, so it's talking about the, the lawless one, probably the Antichrist. Verse 9, even him whose coming is in accordance with the working of Satan with all power and, and well, it's really, it's usually translated false signs and wonders, but maybe this is right, you know, signs and false wonders. So Satan in the, in the uh, end times, Satan has false signs and wonders. You know, it's also right? given us this clue of what the end times is going to look like uh, with all these miraculous stuff. That's, like, what, that's what signs and wonders means. Yeah, the, the deceptions. Okay, let's go to verse 10. And then with all deception, right? So the false signs and wonders are the satanic deceptions yeah. of unrighteousness among whose among those who perish because they did not, and the people who believe the deceptions, they did not receive the love for the truth that they might be saved, are the unbelievers. See, Satan deceives, Satan does his false signs and wonders, and it's the unbelievers who believe his false right. signs and wonders. In verse 11, therefore God will send them a strong delusion. Now, a delusion is not a, a deception. A delusion happens in our minds. Yeah. Basically what it's saying here, and it says this in other verses as well, similar to what God does to Pharaoh in uh, Exodus, God will blind people's minds yeah. so they will be deceived, right? They're, that's why there's so many brainwashed people in the world today is because probably because God has blinded them with the strong, they're delusional because God made them delusion. They're being judged, basically. It's judgment by this false signs and wonders of Satan is is they're they're being judged i have experienced this just this morning <laughs> this conversation yeah. it part we both parted ways because the truth hurt too much oh truth hurts yeah <laughs> and i said goodbye and that was it because i've known them for a long time and yet they're completely deluded completely falling into all these lives you know it's a, let's, let's let's finish the paragraph here it says therefore god will send them a strong delusion it, it's kind of yeah basically see god is not sending the deceptions god is, satan is doing the deceptions but god mm -hmm. makes sure these people are delusional that they should believe the lie so right. they believe the lie like that person you just met today that, oh yeah. verse 12 that verse 12 that they all might be condemned Tells you right there. They're gonna. They're. Why are they deceived? So they might be condemned. Who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That is. That's pretty severe. But it's that's that's justice. That is a just judgment of God on those who do not believe the truth. They must be judged, right? Yeah. There's a reward for those who believe the truth. There, there. There's a reward for that. But there's a punishment for those who do not believe the truth. They believe the lie. So here you go. Here's some lies for you. <laughs> and go ahead and put some poison in your body and get all kinds of problems. You know what I mean? It's a mark of the beast. Here you go. You don't like the truth? Here's some lies that you can be condemned by. <laughs> yeah. You know? If they're getting judged in their earthly life, what exactly are they getting judged if they already took the lie? They believed it. They're living out. They're getting all their benefits. And then ultimately, when they get judged after they're dead, what would they know? What what kind of judgment would they even experience if they're just either going to live or die? I probably don't make any sense saying that, right? 
Well, there'll be the final judgment where they'll be, uh, you know, thrown into the lake of fire in, in, in uh, everlasting well, punishment. I mean, if, if they're going to die. Well, we're I all going to die a uh, first death, a physical yeah. death. If we die the first death and they accept it, then they don't even believe anyway. What difference does it make whether they die right after that, too? There's a everlasting punishment, whether it's a complete extermination, or they call that annihilationism. There might be eternally, uh, or, you know, they might experience either everlasting annihilation, where they just cease to exist completely, or everlasting punishment, where they're kind of uh, tormented forever. Um, right. I'm not sure exactly which it is, but uh, two two possibilities, either one is not, it's not I mean, great. I guess the other one, the other one, I guess, has a, less pain well, if you're annihilated, uh, <laughs> that's it. Like, because most yeah. people, they die, they don't really think beyond that death anyway, if they don't know God. Right? Uh, then, most people think they're going to be annihilated anyway. Yeah. So then, uh, that's true, what yeah. difference does it make if they end up thinking, okay, well, they lived out their life and they were happy, got what they wanted. Mm. Let's say Taylor Swift lives out her natural old age <laughs> life. She got what she wanted in this. He. Her. Okay, he, she, he. whatever. <laughs> it got what it wanted. What difference does it make after when comes judgment? If that well, that person will be uh, probably eternally uh, tormented because if um, oh, I mean that's that's an extreme example. It's this because that's that's you know we don't even know if that person's really human. You know what I mean? But um, right. well, that, that would be that would be thrown into the lake of fire with Satan and the only if it's Nephilim, whatever. If it's yeah, that's Nephilim. demonic. These, these people are demonically possessed uh, agents of deception. But um, like a normal person, like the person you met this morning, a regular person, a regular human being that we're surrounded by on a daily basis, uh, who are just a little too smart to believe the Bible, they're a little more clever than we are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they have all the answers. You know, they know better than the Bible. They're going to be uh, kind of shocked. I think what happens to them after they die, they're going to be shocked. Well, in a way, I <laughs> want them to be shocked. See, it's not them just believing lies. They participate. They participate. The way all of this is happening. They're, they're being now. deceived. They're being deceived into an army that will. Yeah, they're building an kill army. The Christians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So God is, has His army. And we fight with the weapons of uh, spiritual warfare, like Ephesians 6 and all that, and uh, the armor of faith and all that stuff. Then the satanic army is uh, Satan's deceiving people to join his army, and there's going to be a final uh, battle. Yeah, so I kind of want them a little bit. I do want some sort of judgment that's a little painful. They will. They're yeah. Vengeance is vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Right? Yeah, it's the, the the wheat and the tares grow together. So the false signs and wonders. Or include uh, false pandemics and that kind of stuff as well. And all the all the all their narratives are false. Yeah, but that part didn't bother me. It's what's bothering me is that there's a clear divide on what they're following. So these are people that I knew for a long time, and now I've become isolated among all of these little islands that I had. Because these, you're out in the desert. You're in the wilderness. Yeah, I'm in my own wilderness now. <laughs> Not only did what they did, but they follow the narrative, and then you cannot communicate with them any longer because because God has deluded them. They're delusional. Oh. It's God's will that this is happening. Yes. 
It just came to me last night. In fact, I was, uh, sometimes I get a resentment, you know, I, I get a little bit upset about the, what happened to me, my job and all that stuff. And then I just, you know, I, I kind of got some peace even just last night. I was thinking, uh, these people cannot, you can't wake them up. No. And they, it's God's will that they did what they did. Yeah. They're, they're, they're judged. They, they will be, uh, they're going to hell, basically. The easy way to say it. <laughs> you can't even say got, that, otherwise yeah. you're coming off as a lunatic. You know, like you're going to hell. It's just—it's not me sending them to hell. God has right. uh, br- the the brain the brainwashed masses. They're whether they're cowards or whatever it is. They're they're uh, they're being sealed for uh, judgment and condemnation, and it kind of begins now. You know, there's the final judgment where they're actually sentenced and sent to wherever they're going to go. But, but there's a kind of a, a, a separation of the wheat and the tares is kind of what's happening also. Yeah. And, that and has so I'm, I'm in the wilderness too. I'm in the wilderness yeah. now, trusting in God, e- eating from the manna from heaven, you know? <laughs> well, I guess I'm glad that we're able to <laughs> hang out and do this while we're in the wilderness. <laughs> we're being provided for. But yeah, it's yeah. very, very difficult, like, when you go outside of this and you meet all these kinds of people, it's very difficult to interact with them now. It's kind of like you're just going hunting back in the caveman days. And you go out. Just remember, it's God's will. God has deluded them. And we can, you know, if we try to wake them up, you're almost going against God's will to a certain well, degree. Well, I don't even at this, I did initially, but now I don't care. It's just, I think now I'm building sort of hostility because they don't recognize what they've done. I don't care. Because they're deluded by God. It's a supernatural yeah. level of deception and delusion that that's more powerful than we are. Yeah. You can't, you know, I mean, uh, some of them, no, some of them might repent, but a very small number. Well, yeah, I, I mean, this I is God's will. It's, it's all part of the plan. And um, we're not going to wake people up and they're not going to rise up against the government and all this stuff. That's secular humanism. Which is, uh, you know, still a victim of the corrupt. The government wants people to rise up because then that'll just force mm. a heavy hand even more. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking it's not really the government or the politicians. I don't, it has nothing to do with. They're just reflection, a mirror reflection of what the people are. Yeah, it's a sinful. Uh, it's sin. It's sinful human nature. This is human. Human. The human condition is yeah. coming to an end you know it's all being revealed the sick yeah. this the, the 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 what's that word that the depraved i talked about it in the video the other day i always forget it um the depravity of man yeah. the depravity of man is being exposed yep and it's pretty sad but it's exposed <laughs> to us but to them they're not exposed to that you know like they think it's a good thing Life is moving in a good direction. Everything. Stubborn. It's a, their heart. Their heart is hardened, just like Pharaoh's. Their heart is hardened. Anyway, let's keep going. I've rambled yeah. on too. Much. <laughs> <laughs> they said uh, they shall listen to your voice and shall come, and you and the elders of Israel to the king of Egypt, and you must say to him, "The Lord, the God of Hebrews, has met with us. Therefore, now let us go. We ask you three days' journey." into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not even under a forceful hand. So I will stretch out my hand to strike Egypt with my wonders in which I will perform in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. I will give 
this people a favor in the sight of Egyptian, he will come to pass. And then when you go, you will not go empty handed. For every woman will borrow her neighbor and of her that sojourns in their house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And you will put them on your sons and on your daughters. In this way, you will plunder the Egyptians. So that's interesting. Why does he want them to plunder the Egyptians? Is that just their wages? This is, uh, all right. So the whole purpose of all this stuff is Exodus 12, verse 12, if you want to cheat a little bit and jump ahead exodus 12 yeah right here this explains the whole thing what we're going to read about for i will pass through the land of egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of egypt both man and beast and against all and against all the gods of egypt i will execute judgment i am yahweh i am the lord so um against all the gods of egypt i will execute judgment so this is judgment on the gods of egypt and the egyptians as well for following them and this is yahweh showing the world who he is because you know egypt was like the most powerful nation at that time right the wealthiest and they had fertile lands because of the nile river nile river and they had gods you know then there was a night there is a uh the nile the Nile River was considered to be a god itself, an androgynous god, by the way, <laughs> named uh, Hapi, I think it was. Um, and they had all these androgynous gods in Egypt, uh, one of them named Atom, which is the, some rock band just named their album after that. So the god, the androgynous gods of Egypt and all the other gods they had as well, it's, Yah it's Yahweh showing they're going to plunder them. Androgynous stuff really came from Egyptian god where ancient ancient near east they all had them they all had them everywhere um, in the ancient near east okay they all so have the androgynous gods chapter three um, before we go to chapter four from the last uh podcast there was two things that i thought about after one that the mother who was brought in to nurse moses was getting paid wages right but she was also a slave so were they giving out wages like even though they were all Hebrews were all slaves under the Pharaoh. Were they still getting paid something? No, no, because she was doing a different, she was working for the Pharaoh's, it was the Pharaoh's daughter, right? Yeah. Or uh, she That was a special, that was probably considered to be a kind of a special role, not a, just a normal slave job. She was probably doing some other slave job before. I mean, they were, they were provided for, they had food and shelter and uh, but maybe they even got paid. why would they need wages unless they did have different jobs different level of like slaves versus well the word you know the word slave can also be the word servant and or even could be the word employee i mean yeah. employees are basically indentured servants um you know a slave is you know sometimes slave is is paid money it just means right. they're they're employees you so know? i'm based i'm thinking that they even though they were all called slaves under the pharaoh they must have had different jobs where they were getting paid wages to kind of like buy and sell their own personal yeah. goods or something, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe. And the other thing was the midwives were doing a job as women, yep. modern day nurses, whatever. God never had any issues with women working, a profession, whatever that is. In that time, they were midwives and they were doing a job for Pharaoh. Because by that time, like a society had developed with the Israelites and then under slavery, people were doing all kinds of different jobs. So I'm thinking like there wasn't any like what Paul has said later on about 
women working or not working. It seems like they were all just kind of doing their thing and whatever profession that they were doing it in. No? Well, we could talk about that when we get to uh, Paul. Paul? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought about that because it's an example yeah. of Old Testament stuff. Well, it's something to keep in mind as we go. You know, maybe you see, um, I mean, women were doing something. Well, not only uh, doing something, but God blessed them for not doing Pharaoh's deed. So I, I just yeah. I think that's an important yeah passage anyway your turn to read all right now okay now there's some uh, really weird stuff in this chapter um controversial slightly confusing um exodus 4 verse 1 and moses answered and said but they will not believe me nor listen to my voice for they will say the lord has not appeared to you that's true that nobody believes you when that <laughs> happens uh, the lord said to him what is that in your hand and he said a rod or a staff a rod or a staff. I don't know what word you want to use. Um, he said, throw it on the ground. Is uh, Like back then, I guess people walked around. It's like a walking stick, you might call yeah. it today, or a cane. People yeah. walked around with those all the time back then, especially as shepherds. Um, yeah. It was kind of a thing that everyone had. And uh, he said, throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent or a snake. Might be a, a accurate translation also. Um, thus Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. This is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. All right. So he's oh. going to do these signs to the Israelites so they believe that. Uh, see, see, Moses is now a prophet. He's been, he's been chosen by God to deliver a message to the Israelites. That's, the, that's what a prophet does. So Moses is absolutely a prophet. Isn't this the very first time where he's changing matter and yeah. something else? So nobody questions yeah. it, like the reality? Like you can have a stick or a snake or whatever. And they can well, Mo it just happened to Moses. I think Moses is the only guy there right now. No, I know. But I mean, reading this as today, like doesn't that tell you how reality works? That it's not fixed because yeah, I mean, all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff here. Um, yeah, well, God, yeah, if God created something, then He can manipulate that creation in ways that uh, that only it, He can do. It's, it's instantaneous. It's not like yeah, and that's and that's what we're going to see the magicians and magic and sorcery and all that stuff. The occult is an attempt to try to manipulate reality in a supernatural way that they they, they seem to have, that, be able to do yeah, some stuff. Right, but doesn't it say that reality can be manipulated like this? By God. I don't know if we can sure, do that. Yeah. Well, sorcery we're not really is supposed something to. similar too, right? Yeah, God, yeah, I mean, God can God can do this, the creator, you know. All right, so verse 6, the Lord said furthermore to him, now put your hand into your bosom, and he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, his hand was as leprous as snow. He said, put your hand into your bosom again, so he put his hand in into his bosom again and brought it out of his bosom and it was restored like his other flesh. And I guess, the, you know, I guess um, there are accounts of miraculous healings and stuff like that, right? So if he can make someone sick, he can also heal people. Uh, yeah. You know, like Jesus brought that guy back from the dead, Lazarus, right? Um, now I kind of like see it as like we're just, you know, that movie Matrix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the original one where they're really mm -hmm. in this reality while they're sleeping or under 
Well, that's, yeah, you can see how Satan wants to, Im I think Satan wants to Im imitate God most of the time. Yeah. You know? uh, so Satan's trying to create his own matrix. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I think what that is movie actually came from this chapter. Because <laughs> what he's telling you in today's, what we already know so far, that he can literally just change your hand, any object, anywhere, instantaneously to become yeah. flesh. Like a rod is made out of wood or whatever, right? And then yeah, yeah. a snake, a living He spoke snake. the world into existence. He spoke the world into existence. Um, um, yeah, if you think about it, it's, um, it, it, I mean, I guess an analogy, you know, there are people who go, who actually say we live in a computer simulation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think it is, but I it's kind of like that. Maybe that's yeah. a metaphor that helps us understand, you know? Is that kind of yeah, what you're saying? Yep, as a metaphor. Not that it actually is that way, but yeah. in a way, if you live in this, whatever you said, a hologram avatar stuff, where they can instantly yeah. change that character just by... Yeah, and maybe that's why God, the angel of the Lord just kind of appears. Like, and, you know, there are people who say, say that um, they've seen shapeshifters. You know, I've never seen one myself. Uh, now, it's possible know. I may have seen an angel who would look like a normal human, but... Uh, How would you know? I mean, I, afterwards, I, yeah, I, I don't like to talk about this, but, uh, you know, a, after the fact, afterwards, after other things after supernatural events happen and you realize, oh, but I, this person kind of set that in motion, you yeah. know, there, there's things like that. Like when you when you put the whole thing into its context in you, like, uh, yeah, I had an experience once and the, this Christian guy, he, 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 it was his idea. He's like, he was like, dude, that was an angel. I was like, no. Yeah, the only time <laughs> I thought I met angelic or something like that was when I was a kid uh, in the hospital, and this nurse was a very nice lady. She was the only one that she kind of took me in her rounds and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it, it was a normal everyday thing, just a you know nice nurse. But I, I always kept it in my heart later on that was that an angel, you know, like helping me out during that time. I, I don't know if she was probably a normal person, but I always felt that. That God was there somehow. Yeah, yeah, you never know. I mean, like it says somewhere, like some verse, you might you might encounter angels without realizing it. Yeah. So that, which kind of means they look like people, right? Right. They look like people. So, so yeah, if God can uh, do these miracles, you know, maybe maybe angels can just kind of appear and disappear uh, somehow and, and look human. Yeah. You know, when Jesus, after the resurrection, Jesus ate food, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, they there's, have there's, some sort of yeah. extra abilities that they can come and go and appear. Yeah, see, we don't because we're part of this creation. We're kind of blinded. We can't see the whole thing from a okay. from a objective view. You know. Yeah. So this chapter is very interesting to me that our reality is not fixed. It's fixed to us, mm. but not to God. Yeah. 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 Yep, and God will work in miraculous ways, uh, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So, if they will not believe you, nor listen to the voice of the first sign, then they may believe the voice of the latter sign. But if they will not believe also these two signs or listen to your voice, then you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. 
and take the water which you take out of the river will become blood on the dry land. Okay, so this is the Nile River, which is like the source of all their wealth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fertility and the whole thing. These, they're going to take the Nile, the water of the Nile River and turn it into blood. So that's that's kind of like God uh, showing that he's more powerful than the gods of Egypt. Um, and because and, the, the Egyptians thought of all the natural phenomenon were the result of some kind of God. They had many right. different gods. And the Pharaoh was even kind of like a god as well. So 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 Yahweh is going, going to demonstrate that he's more powerful. And he can even control the Pharaoh when he hardens Pharaoh's heart. That's part of the reason. He, he's con Pharaoh becomes like a puppet to, to God. You know, what's interesting is that in recent times, there are like rivers that look like they're red blood. Yeah. yeah. Algae or whatever, growth of yeah. disgusting stuff in the river. And people have used that. Is like, oh, you know, this is like happening as judgment now where the miraculous, like turning rivers into blood, comparing what's happening in Exodus. I think that all those kind of things actually minimize God, that maybe they're not really getting what really happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are people who believe that all these uh, plagues were like um, natural phenomenon that kind of right. lead in one leads to the next. Like the the river becomes blood, and then the frogs yeah. hop out of it, and then they die, and then it stinks, and then the flies come. There's oh, a yeah. certain logic to that, but the story is presented in a way that these are all divine acts of God that are that oh. are more severe than what they're used to, and they cannot stop it. And, um, you know, it's just, if, if you put on the atheist glasses and read this, then that's how you're going to think of it. But if you, yeah. if you have the faith glasses, then you read it differently. You know, it's, it's all, what do people bring to the text? Their bias, everyone has a bias. I also think um, if you were actually there witnessing all this, it probably looks way more supernatural than how we Yeah, imagine. yeah. But but that's also like what Satan's doing now is these false signs and wonders now include false natural disasters as well that yeah. are actually man-made. You know, the laser weapons and all this stuff, they're creating natural disasters, which are false signs and wonders of the Antichrist. Yeah. So, um, all right, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before you, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. See here, I, I don't. I think he's basically just saying, "Hey, I'm not a good public speaker. I don't think he has a, a speech impediment or anything like that." He's just saying, "You know, I'm just." He, he's being humble, exaggerated yeah. humility, and we see that a lot with people in the Bible. It's not just Moses who says stuff like this. When, especially when God calls a normal person to do something amazing, to be like some kind of hero, they're like, "Hey, man, I'm just a normal guy." <laughs> I'm not up to this task, you know. But doesn't so, it later on, uh, or maybe here, Aaron is going to do the speaking for him? Yeah, yeah, because Aaron, but that's, you know, it's it's not because Moses cannot speak. I, I think, again, it's just Aaron is being trained to be a Levite priest, uh, and Moses is being trained how to be a prophet, and they're kind of just working together. Aaron's he helping him out. You know, he's going against the Pharaoh. He's going against the uh, the Antichrist back then, okay. essentially. So, so they're being uh, kind of like the two witnesses back then. Um, I guess so. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll see when when uh, 
and yeah, in verse 14, Aaron comes into the picture. Um, all right, so verse 11, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who made the dumb the, or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you must say. Yeah, see, like Moses, Moses, like, I don't know what to say, you know, how, uh, you know, like Moses thinks he has to do this on his own. And God's saying, hey, I'm going to work through you. I'll tell you what to say. But uh, isn't it all like he just seen the miracles happening with exactly. God. See, Moses is being, you know, that's human nature, right? He's yeah. doubting. He's doubting. You know, he, this is all new to him. Faith yeah. doesn't come overnight, you know, for, I mean, for some people, it maybe it does, but for me, it came very slowly, you know. Um, yeah. Well, there's different levels of faith, I think. One is recognizing that God exists. I think most people do, but recognizing this is beyond, this is when you're actually trying to get to know his character, which I think you can only learn from the Bible text itself. Like the faith gets built over time because you start to realize like this is what he's done with all these people uh you know like for instance for the great tribulation people have so much fear about that including me you know what that's going to bring about uh when they get to do whatever they want but when i read these stories it gives me that comfort and knowledge to know that he can do stuff in miraculous ways he can bring the water to you. He can bring the food to you. You may not even need food and water. He may just turn your body into this self-whatever machine that can take care of itself. That's the different level of faith than just saying that God exists. Now I think we're getting into much deeper level connection with God that does build faith, you know. Yeah, like James 1 says, the, the consider it a joy when you face trials and tribulations because, you know, God is perfecting you, basically. Yeah. You know, God is, uh, God, that's a way to become more mature and to grow our faith. The more tribulation, the more faith we need to match it. Oh, yeah. And so, I think so it's an opportunity. Hear. It's an, yeah. So this, what's happening now, the tribulations, it's an opportunity to, uh, to grow in faith. Because when yeah. everything's easy, we just get comfortable and we slack off, you know? Yeah. Laziness <laughs> sets in. And, you know, if you don't do it, I think, Honestly, what I'm learning now is that if you're not connected to God's word, you can be easily deceived into whatever the world is telling you. And absolutely, we're not going to be prepared for what really is yet to come. And I think this is helping not just faith, but actually preparing physical mind and hearts to combat whatever's going to come your way. Yeah. All right. So, uh, verse thirteen, he said, "Oh my Lord, send, I pray, by the hand of whoever, uh, by the hand of whomever else you will send." Like Moses doesn't want to do the job, you know. <laughs> uh, the anger of the Lord. Yeah. Look at he made God angry. The anger of the Lord was inflamed against Moses. Uh oh. See, Moses is like, no, I don't. He's like, you know, you know who else did this was uh, it was Jonah, right? Yeah, Jonah. was it Jonah? He was supposed to go uh, be a prophet to the yeah. Assyrians, and he's like, "No, I don't want to do it." <laughs> you know, but if God wants you to do something, you're going to have to do it. 
whether you want to or not. The Nivianites, right? The Niviites or whatever. Even after performing all these miracles, how come they doubted that? Like maybe he's just afraid. That's human nature. Look at look at what Jesus, right? They killed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and and he said he said if you did not believe Moses, how would you believe me? Right. No, this is this happens over and the Israelites do the same thing. This is is sin. This is we're slaves to sin. Yeah, that's why Jesus had to die because we we're just um, we just can't do the right thing. We're sick. This is kind of demonstrating (laughs) free will. No, I don't think that's about that. Not really. I think it's uh, why is he getting so upset of if Moses, unless he's kind of ordained him to think that way on his own. He's chosen. Never mind. I'm probably rambling. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the anger of the Lord was inflamed against Moses, and he said, "Is not Aaron the Le- the Levite your brother? Is this the first time Aaron shows up?" I you don't have to answer so. it, but yeah. So I, you know, Moses doesn't even really know Aaron, does he? He shows up in curiosity. 14 the first time. No, this yeah, that's the first time. So this is yeah. Aaron's a new character for us here. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. So it is. It is the first time Aaron shows up. Um, so, I, you know, it almost seems like Moses doesn't even know who Aaron is, really, right? Right. How would Moses know him? Isn't that his brother? Separated? It's his brother. That's what it says. Why here. would yeah. he not know Aaron? I don't know if he knows him or not. He's not Aaron the Levite, your brother. I know that he can speak well. And also, he comes out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you must do so uh so god is also bringing aaron out now to uh to come help moses um what's more he will brothers or just they're real brothers no they're real brothers yeah yeah what's more he will be your he will be your spokesman to the people and he will be as a mouth for you and you will be as god to him you will be as god to him which means he's a prophet you will deliver god's message to Mm -hmm. aaron You'll be like a prophet. You must take his rod, take this rod, the staff in your hand, with which you will perform the signs. It's a magic wand. <laughs> I think that's where this concept of a magic wand comes from. You know, maybe. Um, maybe the magicians like back the, then. Um, what's the <laughs> what's the witchcrafty stuff that they the famous one? You know, they Harry wrote Potter. about it, and yeah, Harry Potter. Um, oh yeah. You think they maybe got the and the Lord of the Rings? They carry that. Stuff. Oh yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Lord of the Rings. I think is is has a very biblical worldview in many ways. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, but um, yeah, it's kind of like Gandalf, that uh, wizard. Yeah. But um, although, see, the power here comes from God, though Moses is just a channel. You know, right. Moses doesn't have any power on his own. No. Um, but it is interesting they use this staff. He, you know, he holds up the staff all the time. And um, yeah, that's coming from this story. Anyone who uses that in their entertainment, I guess so. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, "Please let me go and return to my brothers, because he's working. He's working for Jethro as a shepherd." Yeah. Uh, please let me go and return to my brothers who are in Egypt and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. All right. So the Lord said to Moses in Midian, 
go return to Egypt for all the men are dead who sought your life. Uh, all the Egyptians who wanted to kill Moses are dead, so he can return safely now, it sounds like. Moses took his wife um, and his sons and um, set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Oh, now it's the rod of God, the staff of God his hand the lord said to moses when you go to return into egypt see that you do all those wonders before pharaoh which i have put in your hand but i will harden his heart so that he shall not let the people go see god god has control over pharaoh's reactions except pharaoh probably wanted to do all these things anyway it's kind of a judgment yeah he's not yeah to a certain degree because people always yeah. ask um did Pharaoh have free will if God was the one to harden his heart? How would you answer that? I would say that's not really what this is about, but I would say um, no. God absolutely controlled Pharaoh. Yeah, Pharaoh yeah. considered himself to be God, the most powerful man in the world probably at that time. Right. God controlled him like a puppet. So in this, maybe he had free will as normally most of his life, but right now God is going to control what he does so that God... God wants to do all these signs, these these ten plagues, right. to demonstrate to the world who He is. But I think what they're saying is that uh, it's not fair to blame Pharaoh for not releasing. God made sure He did not release them. Right. I don't see. I don't. This free will. That's a different topic. I don't even think that is relevant to this. What's happening? What's 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 happening is God is absolutely controlling this. Uh, it's like a theater. It's like right. a production. God is the director of this uh, theatrical performance going on here. He's showing it's a it's a sign and wonder. Yeah, he he's demonstrating to, he who he is yeah. to the world. It's almost it doesn't you know, like matter what he's not. It doesn't. Yeah, not really. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. See, that's the thing. Everyone thinks this is what it must because that's what everyone says. Yeah, but I, I'm always I, I I think differently than other people. <laughs> no, which, which is good, but no. What I'm thinking is that other... it was demonstrating his power, and he was hardening his heart. But at the same time, Pharaoh's will wasn't going to be all that different anyway. It wasn't. Uh, I have I have a I have a verse. I have a even better than what I'm saying is what does Paul say about this? Romans nine. Verse 15. Oh, Bible Gateway. <laughs> it's, it's much easier to search. Well, no, no, sorry. You're going to have to just, there's going to be more verses than that. Uh, read full chapter, yeah. But start. let's start at, uh, let's start at 14. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Okay, so there's no free will at all in this verse. It's... Maybe not for all time, but just for this what this yeah, this particular story of the Pharaoh in Exodus is I don't think it's making a general I mean it is saying God, yeah, God will save who he wants to save. 
Right. And God will condemn who he wants to condemn. Right. But he's also mentioning Pharaoh specifically. So he hardens who he wants to harden. So that tells me that Pharaoh had no free will in this. Let's go down to, uh, let's let's keep reading for a little bit here. Um, one of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us for who is able to resist his will? Mm-hmm. Right? Free will, God's will. Yeah. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? <laughs> Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Saving some people and destroying some others? What if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction? Yeah. Let me read the ESV. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction so what if god creates some people who are destined for destruction basically their their whole purpose is that they will be destroyed be destroyed (laughs) (laughs) what if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy who he prepared in advance for glory even us whom he also called not only from the jews but also from the gentiles as he says in hosea i will call them my people who are not my people, and I will carry, I will call her my loved one, who is not my loved one. Um, Doesn't there. this kind of imply that the people that he wants to know, like the ones that he prepared for destructions, are really the believers? Because the ones that get destroyed, what difference does it make what he tries to tell them? Because if he's prepared them for destruction. So I think he's trying to show himself through his creation, but really for his own people that he wants us to know by creating all these other kinds of things that he creates. Yeah. Yeah, he creates people like Pharaoh so that he can demonstrate to the Israelites who he is, so he can save the Israelites. So, yes, yeah, it is kind raised, of a typology of what's really going on. Right. It also said he raised up Pharaoh from the beginning, right? So I guess well, it just says he raised him up. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. Well, God, God chooses uh, the rulers of this ro- of this world, um, right? Even uh, yeah, uh, Bernie's at Biden. Even Bill Gates. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Bill Gates was chosen to be a, a vessel of destruction, and he's a Pharaoh. He's a Pharaoh type figure, an Antichrist type figure. Oh, there's many. There's many of them. Yeah. Where where mm-hmm. are we at now? We got sidetracked, but not really. <laughs> Verse 22, you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son. Okay, now pay. Stay with me here. <laughs> <laughs> pay close attention to the firstborn, uh, the topic of the firstborn son. Thus says my Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go so that he may serve me. And if you ref- if you refuse to let him go, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. Okay, so the topic is firstborn sons. Israel uh-huh. is God's firstborn son, and Pharaoh has his sons, right? Verse 24. Now, it'll be interesting to see how this is translated in this version. Uh, verse 24. The, the question here. Oh, yeah. What? Israel was always referred to as a woman, a harlot. So what's not always not here. Well, not sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is. 
No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, that no. Um, a whore, whoring after other gods. Yeah, yeah. Israel is kind of like the bride whoring after other gods. So then, how did it change from my son, which is a male reference? Well, Jesus is a son. You know, Jesus, uh, son of God. Um, yeah, no, but it changed from a son to a woman later on. Why? I don't know. We'll talk about that when it happens. Did it become <laughs> transgendered? <laughs> Israel's a uh, cross-dresser. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't know. I think it's just an analogy anyway. You know, I mean, Israel is comprised of many different people, right? But ultimately, Jesus is the son who is the fulfillment of all this stuff. So, um, yep. all right. So, but anyway, yeah. Firstborn sons is the topic here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So verse 24 comes right after that. The context at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to kill him. All right. So this is translated correctly, actually, which is great because some translations notice the pronoun there, him used twice in that sentence. Yeah. It's a little unclear who him is, right? Yeah. But some translations fill in the blank and put someone's name there, but it may not be the correct name they use. So so I'm happy to see your translation there does not have anyone's name. So um, supposed to be? Well, we'll talk about that. Let's finish the verse first, because this gets pretty crazy. Um, so at a lodging place on the way, the Lord, Yahweh, met him and sought to kill him. So, well, who's him? Let's go back up to verse 23. Remember, uh, Moses is taking his sons, right? Mm -hmm. So you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my my son, my firstborn son. Um, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. Verse 24, at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Moses is with his wife and his sons. Yeah. So who is him? Is him Moses or is perhaps him is Moses's firstborn son? I think it has to do with the firstborn son. Verse 25, let's keep reading here to see what happens to him, whoever him is. Then Zipporah, that's uh, Moses' wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and threw it at his feet. His oh, feet, who's his feet? See, yeah. him, him is the firstborn son. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. This, this is like one of the most baffling verses in the whole Bible, this passage here. And and people have been I've been baffled by it, but I came across someone the other day who kind of explained it this way. So uh, I threw it at his feet. So his him is the firstborn son Gershom of yeah. Moses, and Zipporah circumcised her son yeah. Gershom and threw it at Gershom's feet and said, "Surely a bloody husband." Are, no, no. See, now this is not exactly the best translation. There, surely a bloody husband are you to me. Um, I think husband actually is the word uh, relative. Uh, you're like a blood relative. I mean, it's it's a bit, uh, surely a bloody husband are you to me. Um, it may not be that important anyway, but so he let him go. So he let him go. It's, that looks like Yahweh let the boy go, the boy. Then, he, then she said, a bloody husband you are because of the circumcision. Um, you're going to have lots of different ways to translate that. Mo um so it looks like they're both getting circumcised. No, 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 no. Just well, the boy. If you read it this way, a bloody husband you are because of... Uh, so let me see what it says. 
I think they're just they're just uh, circumcising the boy. The firstborn son has to be circumcised. See, Moses is on a mission to go talk to Pharaoh. They just talked about the firstborn sons, but Moses hasn't circumcised his own son yet, so he has to do that. Um, King James says the same thing, bloody. Husband. Oh, and by the way, feet where it says uh, his feet. Yeah. You sh um, where's uh, where's that? Um. Right here. Yeah, feet is a euphemism for the male genitals. <laughs> he touched it. He touched it. It's, it's, see, see, Zipporah was the daughter of Jethro. Jethro's a priest. Mm -hmm. So Zipporah knew how to circumcise people, it sounds like, because this is a normal circumcision, actually. There's a bit of a ritual involved in it, right? And yeah. so um, so it sounds like Zipporah, Zipporah is basically little bit upset it sounds like because moses didn't do this zipporah is like i'll do it you know i'll i have to circumcise the child because you didn't do it so and i the think feet, the controversy the was that, uh that god was almost ready to kill moses uh the son i believe the son because they're talking <laughs> about killing the firstborn sons in verse 23 yeah right? so let's go back for a second then so I say to you, let my son go, and then he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. But that's talking so if about God's, Pharaoh's yeah, if son. God's if God's going to slay Pharaoh's firstborn son, then Moses's firstborn son has to be circumcised. Uh, at the lodging place on his way, the Lord met him and sought to kill him at the lodging place on the way but this See, some translations will say moses they'll they'll say him is moses and then then they oh, think I moses understand. is getting circumcised well it is confusing the way that it's written but it says at the lodging place on the way so that's not really about a child that's meeting an adult at the lodging place on the way the Lord no they're with the, there's like uh, moses his wife and his children are all traveling um there's a lot of people in in, in at, at you know there's other there's uh <clears throat> all right so for right now we'll just say it's the sun but this whole verse is very confusing it is well like i said it's one of the most confusing verses in the whole bible um yes. this sentence is clear she did it to the sun but in the same sentence, then she started talking about a bloody... According to this translation, other translations, see, other translations, see, the Hebrew does say him, him, his. The Hebrew doesn't say anyone's name in that paragraph at all, except for Zipporah. But some English translations try to cl clarify it, by, and they put in the name Moses. And then, so then everyone thinks this is happening to Moses. But the Hebrew doesn't say that. Say, the Hebrew does uh, not say Moses. It says his. That's so what the confusion. Did you say in the second part of this. It's it, this is a pretty accurate translation here. There, the, the second part. It's and again, it's kind of a, uh, and again, you you know, you'd have to read some uh, Hebrew experts and all that stuff. But it possibly um, you're a blood relative to me, might be a, another way to say that. Um, either way, I mean, either way, they just circumcised the kid. So there's there's blood. I mean, I don't know if that has too much. Well, the uh, only question is if meaning. Moses himself got circumcised then too. And I don't that's think why so. The I don't think so. Is kind of, she's all mad because they both. He were. probably was. See, Moses would have been circumcised already as a baby. 
my guess. No, um, not if he's raised by the pharaohs. No, dad. but they, they circumcise children on the eighth day, though. Who's on the eighth they? day of their life. The Hebrews, yeah. But not Even the, the slaves. Just, no, but Moses was uh, Moses was over eight days old when he went into the little basket. Oh, yeah. So you're saying that Hebrews' custom was on the eighth day. That's what it says in Genesis, yeah. Okay, so if that's the that case, was, yeah. It only. I think this is just because, and, and mainly, it's the context of the previous verse. That's what you always got to look at the other verses around it, at the very least. So they're talking about firstborn sons, right? And there's a certain thing, and then verse twenty-four, him probably is talking about circumcising the firstborn son of Moses. To, well, up to you know, here, that's all clear. Where it gets in this translation, in the, but other like the NIV or some of these other modern translations make it even more. They try to they're trying to clarify it by adding someone's name, but they end up making it even more confusing. That's the problem with translation. You know, it's not necessarily wrong or anything. It's just that you know because they're adding to it. You're not supposed to add or subtract. So if they start, well, the King James version adds a few verses also. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. In other places. But uh, anyway, uh, 25, 24, verse 24. Okay, so this is ESV. No, ESV is, is okay. I think it's the NIV that maybe, uh, let me see here. Um, I have. A well, here verses. in the ESV, it says, Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. I think it's just. Um, Right. I think she's just a little bit upset about having to do it herself, uh, that Moses didn't do it. See, Moses had to he had to do this before he could go into Egypt. Um, All right, so it's just a son, and let's just leave it at that, because we don't yeah. have evidence otherwise anyway. Um, yeah, and, and she, yeah, and she, uh, yeah, but, God, you know, Yahweh is pretty strict sometimes, right? Um, I think all the time. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Well, he's he has mercy. He is he's merciful, yeah. but he's also uh there's there are certain times where he, there's just no uh I honestly wish he would take know. quick judgment today instead of letting it go for decades. And okay, so so yeah, NIV. Do you have the NIV there? Yeah. And that uh let's just go I'll show you that. Yeah, let's just look at that. And I'll just show you uh Now again, people out there listening to this, they don't have to decide right now. You do your own research and look into it further because this is a very complex verse. Verse 24, look at what it says. The Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. See that? See what yeah. happens there? Now you think, oh, now the Lord's going to meet Moses. Why is that happening? This is strange. Mm -hmm. And then and then um and then and then look at verse 25. Zipporah took a flint, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses's feet with it. It's like what? Why would you touch Moses's feet with your son's foreskin? It makes no sense. Yeah. See they the but the word Moses is not in the original Hebrew at all. It's his. It's a pronoun. They're trying to clarify it for us, but the end of messing it up. Are believing this version here, the NIV version? Well, I don't think I don't think they're going to talk about this verse because it's too weird. I remember talking with somebody, and I don't know who it was, but they thought that oh my god, they were gonna God was gonna just about to kill Moses because he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna hear a million different theories about this, but I think, but 
th- that's what I believe about it now. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that's his son. If the Hebrew well, does not say Moses. That's a fact. From uh, here to here, it's pretty clear it's about the son. Um, in that translation, but not in the NIV. Well, and in any, even the kings, all of them, because I think if they're just following this passage, to me, it's very clear it's about the firstborn. Where it got confusing yeah. was after this particular statement, the bloody husband you are to me, which is the same way in King James too. So I think she's just saying, hey, you know, look at me. I now I'm now I got blood all over the place because I had to circumcise the child when really you should you should have done it. Maybe this, I, you know. this this is also very this is the part that's super confusing. But it's not it, Moses' blood. It, yeah. Because of the circumcision makes it sound yeah, like he got it. It sounds it's probably a Hebrew. See, that's I think we're, something's getting lost in translation here. This is a yeah. Hebrew idiom or something. You know, it's very complex. This is written thousands of years ago in Hebrew. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, okay. We so can it, keep it. it yeah. We, we're, we're simplifying, you know, simplify the complex, right? Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. The simplest explanation is sometimes the best. So and that's I'm my sure view. God is going to answer this somehow later on too. When Moses yeah. was circumcised. Yeah. All right, so 27, now the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the Mount of God, Mount Sinai, I guess, and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. So now God is, you know, speaking to Aaron, telling him to go, and he went. Right? Yeah. And uh, Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses and did all did the signs in the sight of the people. See, the people, the Hebrew people knew Aaron. They didn't know Moses. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason Aaron was helping him out is they, they knew Aaron. They knew who he was. You so know, they didn't know Aaron who Moses was. Kind of came out this chapter uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> where it is the real brother of moses right so that means they have the same it is they yeah they 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 uh talk about that later oh, okay yeah we're gonna read about that later. To get killed as moses was and they were allowed to have male babies to have brothers after that um yeah i don't know if it if it talked about uh Moses is well. He had a sister, remember? Right? Yeah. Well, um, some, yeah. Them. Somehow, Aaron. Well, they they did because the midwives did not kill all the babies. Yeah. And I don't know if Aaron is older or younger than Moses. I'm not sure if we're told about that. Uh, maybe we are later on. I'm not sure. Well, I think um, Moses was the first male, so he has to be younger. So this we'll happened see. after yeah. Moses was out and about. Yeah, I mean, this is years late. Moses was uh, Moses about about eighty years old now, isn't he? Yeah, because uh, he was mm-hmm. he was in uh, Egypt forty years, and then he was in Midian forty years. Yeah. So, all the people and all the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that He had looked on their affliction, they bowed down and worshipped. Hmm. Well, that's the end of chapter four. Any right. New Testament well, stuff, or we covered it? Well, yeah, I think we covered a couple of them. Um, you know, I mean, these, these, you know, we'll we'll see some more. I think as we go, 
because uh, this is an event that they talk about throughout the Bible, you know, so we don't have to look at every single time they talk about it, but uh, there's probably a few more. I think we had some significant ones today with Paul and uh, and and Jesus. Jesus saying um, he's Yahweh, basically. Yeah, I think uh, that's the best verse um, to tie it up, that it's the same God. Um, yeah. That, that was yeah. a huge thing, monumental passage. Yeah, okay. that was why a song I played at church a couple of weeks ago called The Same God. Well, you don't share your music <laughs> here with us. Are You, you have to go to the church. It? You have to come to the church Sunday, Sunday morning. And how do we do that? <laughs> Send my spiritual self over there. <laughs> yeah. All so. right. Well, we covered a lot today. So next few days we'll cover the rest of the stuff. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. See you next bye. time. All right. Bye.